Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of HBU Sports Talk. My name is Wendell Epps, and today I am joined by two brand new analysts we've got on HBU Sports Talk, Harris Eisenberg and Ben Membrino. Let's introduce you folks first. Harris, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you do here. I know you do a lot here at High Point. Yeah, I'm Harris Eisenberg. I'm a senior, um, like Wendell, broadcast a lot of games myself during basketball season, but take the main reins for baseball. And, you know, baseball team's doing well so far, uh, sports media major, obviously. And, uh, yeah, you know, we've made some strides and uh, happy to be here finally for the first time on Sports Talk. A long time waiting. Yeah. And uh, I'm Ben, uh, I'm another sport media major, obviously, and a fellow senior. Uh, I'm not the announcer here. I'm the only, sorry to be the odd man out, but uh, I am involved in sports link. Obviously, I do a lot of the behind-the-scenes production, replay, graphics, cam, audio, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Fun time. Excited to have you guys here. Let's start with our baseball team. Harris, you mentioned they're doing well. Had a tough weekend series against Winthrop. Why don't you give us a summary of what happened? Yeah, well, High Point took two out of three. Um, you know, they extended their season-high win streak to five in a row on Saturday before a really tough loss on Sunday in a back-and-forth contest with Winthrop. Uh, you know, really a game that seemed lost for High Point. They were able to come back and score five runs in the eighth inning, all with two outs to tie the game at nine, unfortunately letting one score in the ninth to get away. But, you know, I look at this high point team, you know, the big thing in talking to Joey Hammond so much this season is just the energy that this team has. You know, we haven't seen this in past years. The energy is very high, whether it's, you know, scoring a bunch of runs, getting big hits, pump it up in the dugout. You know, energy is high, and Joey Hammond sets the standard. It's, you know, there's no rules with Joey Hammond. It's the expectation, and his big expectation is, is that if you match his intensity in practice and you match the intensity in the game with that energy, good things can happen. And, you know, we've seen it over the last stretch. You know, even though they lost, they scored nine runs, and for the first time this season as a team, hitting over 300 in the game on Sunday in a loss is special so five in a row on Saturday unfortunately losing on Sunday but this team's off to a good start and I'll give it to Ben over here before we get into some individuals yeah I, I gotta agree with Harry I think the team's starting to make a little turn I think like he said Joey Hammond I think he's kind of finally making that footprint that he wanted to make when he came in here uh, I mean you got to give a lot of credit I think the big thing was the series did not start off well against Winthrop you gotta remember Friday opening game four runs from Winthrop without an out and, yeah, I mean, I was sitting there watching him like, okay, Carter Shepard on the bump gave up a couple of home runs, and it's like, you got to take him out. He doesn't have it. But he actually kind of rebounded. He went seven innings strong. I mean, that's something you don't see a lot, especially at the college level, kind of the trust. So I think you're kind of seeing a little resiliency from this high point team. And as they get deeper and deeper in the Big South play, I mean, obviously they got off to a rough start, but they play out a little bit of a tough non-conference schedule. I mean, they had to play NC State, who came in top 10 in the country. I mean, they... They went down to Kentucky, and you know they played West. Or they were going to play West Virginia. They got they ran into some trouble against Pitt. And you know you're playing these big programs. You, it's unrealistic to say you know they're going to be able to compete against teams with you know those resources and those facilities and those you know recruiting tactics. So I think as they get in the Big South play, you kind of seeing that they could be a player this year. I think that's something that you have to look forward to. Sneaky team, and Harris, you mentioned some individual performances, some standouts from this past weekend. Now, one of them got Big South Freshman of the Week. What did you see from that? Yeah, Everett Vaughn, uh, three saves this week, and he's a true freshman. He already leads the Panthers in appearances as a reliever, and that's something to say, just the confidence that he's had, you know, Tuesday against UNCG coming in to a ball game in the ninth inning, giving up three runs, but still having that ability to keep his cool and not fully collapse in the ninth inning, getting the save 
had to come in in a tough situation, second and third with two outs on Friday. All he needed was one out. He got that out. Saturday pitching a clean ninth inning and three saves for him. But also, you look at the arms. Carter Shepard, and on Friday's broadcast, I couldn't keep giving him enough credit. Like, he was phenomenal, able to rebound after giving up those four runs with nobody out. I mean, that's amazing. He's really showing ace-like stuff. And then Sam Garcia on the mound as well, who's transitioned into the Sunday starter now, who's got an ERA of below two at 178. He's been incredible. He's the go-to guy for Joey Hammond when the ball, I mean, when the game's decided. And you look at hitting-wise, Peyton Carr, you know, Last year as a true freshman, he was great too. Now at the third base DH role, he's hitting over 300 for the Panthers, and he's got a big hitting streak as well. Whenever you need a clutch hit out of that guy, he comes through, and I know there's other big bats as well. Yeah, I think also a big part of this, they did, they've done all this kind of without Javon Fields out, out for, uh, I believe, what, the last week or so with an injury. I think it's kind of showing, obviously, that, that resiliency aspect. I got to give some more credit to Charlie Klingler. I mean, he had a great weekend. Uh, he had the game-winning hit on Friday, or the game-winning RBI, and then he went yard. He's, you know, he has kind of like an awkward form, but I mean, hey, if it gets it done, it gets it done. And I, 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 you can kind of tell he's becoming like a player favorite amongst that clubhouse and that locker room. So I think you kind of see a lot of guys. I mean, you got to give it up. Obviously, Blake Sutton and Peyton Carr, the two studs. I mean, they're Peyton Carr hitting over 300 right, right now. Uh, you kind of want to see the bats get going a little bit more, but I think as you get in the Big South play and, you know, they're getting – again, it's still – we're getting to the midway point of the year. I think they're still getting comfortable, and I think we'll see those bats get improved too. They're a really fun team to watch, and a lot of the videos, of course, on Twitter about the pump it up, you know, getting the team hyped up. I mean, that's really cool. You know, you don't see that too often from teens. I want to get your thoughts, like each of you. Like, what do you think about that, the whole pump it up? Like, seeing a team do that. Like, like how does that make you feel as avid followers of this baseball team here at High Point? It's great. Not only does it gain attraction on social media, but it just prompts people to want to come to games. It's like during the basketball season. You know, we saw that energy in the arena, that family weekend win in overtime against Asheville. So all the students were like, okay, we want this to happen again. We want to be a part of it. Now it's with baseball. You know, they had that series sweep against College of Charleston. That was when the first pump it up really started to happen. And now everyone wants to come. You know, Willard Stadium's averaging just under 400 people a game in their home games this season. And I think one of the reasons for that is the energy. And that's credit to the coaching staff. Again, Joey Hammond's expectation is to bring energy every day. And that's what happens when you get opportunities, not only as a team, but personally as well. You mentioned, Ben, you know, Charlie Klingler and another guy, Mickey Echezaretta, getting some starts now this weekend. Echezaretta, a true freshman, wasn't even making road trips at the beginning of the season. Now has earned his time, has paid rent, as Joey Hammond likes to say, and he's got some starts in Klingler the same way. The guys love him. He's earned that opportunity, and it's all because everybody is collectively bringing some energy into this ball club. Yeah, I mean, the pump it up stuff was awesome when I saw that. It's like that that is what you want to see from baseball, especially, you know, baseball known as kind of a slower sport and you got to kind of stay into it. That's something you love to see, especially it can get the crowd pumped up. It gets you kind of motivated. And I think it give, brings a little extra edge, too. And I think it gives the team just a better personality. I mean, especially like, obviously you're known for like the individual guys and, you know, kind of seeing how everybody differs. But especially with a team sport like baseball is you kind of want to see you know them rally together and I think that's a good sign of where they're at right now where they're willing to have fun and they're still able to have focus and I think you know hey if this pump it up becomes the new mantra of the club of the D1 baseball team then I'm all for it exactly I mean top two moments from the season the pump it up song and the sandwich rankings list from our very own <laughs> Harris Eisenberg that's what I love to see in those baseball broadcasts a lot of creativity has been brought in yeah, you know what, the sandwich rankings are great, and we just try to keep the broadcast fun. But some other games and other broadcasts that are really fun, let's go to the other spring sport, lacrosse. Um, obviously, 
the men's team and the women's team. Women's team had a couple of tough losses, but now going into conference play in the Big South, the guys in the SOCON. Wendell, I know you're on commentary for a lot of those. Just what are you seeing out of both squads? Starting with the women's team, Harris, I mean, last Wednesday, a unique game against UNC. They were actually up 5-2 to two at the end of the first quarter, and then the tornado warning hit here in Highport, North Carolina, so everyone had to evacuate. Players went to that to the locker rooms. As a broadcaster, I was down on the first floor with all the athletic workers, and it kind of deflated Highpoint a little bit because when they came back out, UNC was ready for them. And UNC, they're the number one team in the nation heading in that game, so that was a tough competitive matchup for high point but they played well in the first quarter gave it all they had nearly were able to pull off the upset unc was just a little too much for them i think high point was just getting a little timid at times they were down they were allowing unc to get on that run weren't able to bounce back but abby horn still another stellar performance for her mina losher uh, notched a milestone on saturday in the loss against liberty um, with career points so she's certainly been someone that's been great for the team uh, i think high point now that they're officially in big south play even though they lost to liberty in their first conference game by one they've got a home game coming up against Campbell. Definitely going to serve as a lot of momentum for them. I'm looking forward to see what High Point can do because last year they were the defending Big South champs, so I think they're going to have great success. And for the men's team, I mean, Saturday, a great redemption win against Detroit Mercy after losing a tough battle against UNC. So both our lacrosse teams uh, got games against UNC, but I think the Detroit Mercy win definitely was a statement victory for the Panthers. It was their final non-conference day. It was also Military Appreciation Day, so a lot of the parents of uh, the High Point lacrosse athletes that are in the military got recognized. Uh, it was just a great day for some lacrosse and I think coming up they got a big SOCOM matchup against Jacksonville so that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. I think uh, that Detroit Mercy game was kind of a reminder to the rest of the SOCON like hey you know we're, we're we struggled a little bit against you know the Dukes the UNC's the Maryland's this year but we still run that conference and we're still the defending champs I mean obviously an 18-8 victory and especially right in heading into conference play is really starts to pick up I mean that's what you really want to see and I think obviously with Asher Nolting and Brain Maia the you know the two-headed horse of this team I mean the dynamic duo yeah the dynamic duo and they're going to be I mean it's going to be tough to stop one of them let alone both of them come conference time and like you said you know the non-conference schedule is expected to be hard because of where this program has been over the last few years you know you look at they beat ranked Duke in 2019 they've played Duke consistently UNC consistently Virginia Maryland over the last three years and you know one of the big topics with those games is that you expect high point to dominate the SOCON yeah. but when it comes to tournament time you know when they played Chapel Hill and then when they played Duke and Virginia, you know, they always seem to get really close, but they just can't finish it. It's, it's some, a lot of the times it's too little too late. So, you know, obviously the men's team has been great. What do you think, Wendell and Ben, kind of is just going to need, – needs to happen to take them over the top to beat those ranked teams? I think getting off to those quick starts, Harris, I mean, being able to play those big opponents and – show that you're ready right from the beginning because teams like UNC Duke Maryland they love coming out firing right out the gate scoring left and right so you got to be able to control the tempo show them that hey it's your game it's not you it's not it's not theirs it's yours high points just got to take command because like you said Harris like Every year we see both the men's and women's lacrosse, and they dominate conference play. Never a problem. SOCON, yeah. not a problem for the men's. Yeah. Big South, not a problem for the women's. But it's when they get in that NCAA tournament where they're just not able to get over the hump. And I know Coach Torpy, when I would talk to him in the beginning of the season before their first game at home against Robert Morris, he was saying that he, he – or against Colgate, he was really just emphasizing the fact that he was a little disappointed that his program is still not getting necessarily the national recognition that he feels like it deserves. He feels like they're getting that recognition, but not enough of it. He feels like they deserve more and more. And I asked him how they get over that hump he just said get off to those hot starts show them that we're really competing with the best uh, he's mentioned a lot of competitive games they've had against Duke and UNC over the years but I think they got to start consistently beating those teams to be able to get that edge and that national recognition overall yeah they definitely need that kind of confidence obviously it would have been nice to you know have a 
win over a top 10 team like Duke or UNC. I think a big thing is it's like it's tough to play a complete game against these top ranked teams. I mean, I, we saw it against Duke. They kind of got off to that fast start. They jumped up, jumped out to a three nothing lead, and then you know they kind of middle back and forth until halftime, and then that third quarter hit. And then it kind of just like it really yeah. kind of hit him where Duke kind of found a got in a rhythm and kind of went after him. So that midway kind of through the second half is also where it kind of impacted them against UNC. That's kind of where they really got to, you know, keep it moving and keep it going. They really need to add a couple more at that point of the game. And then I think that's kind of where you'll see those wins start to pile up. Again, tourney time is a whole different thing. And I think that as long as they – cruise through conference play like you know they're expected and supposed to i think you know they're going to be chomping at the bit to get another bit at one of these top 10 teams and how about just you compare the rosters of the men's and women's lacrosse teams you know the women's team kind of has a similar core but it's a little different for the guys now you know a lot of veteran players tyler stinson sean coglin uh devin buckshot those guys are out new guys are in and you mentioned that duke game earlier in the month and a guy got off to a a really great start in that game was Jack Sawyer, you know, dominating on the offensive end with four goals in the game and a young player, you know. Wendell, you know, you are obviously on the call for a lot of those games. What have you liked out of his play and some of the other new players that they have? I'm really liking that Jack Sawyer just coming in there like he's been there, done that. Like, this is not his first year with the lacrosse program. He's really showing that he can be a big piece of the future of this High Point men's lacrosse team. They have lost a lot of players. Asher Nolting's in his last year. It's crazy to think that his time's High Point's going to come to an end because mm. ever since I've been here, I've heard Asher Nolting this, Asher yeah. Nolting that, and it, I see why because Asher Nolting is really good. Probably the top athlete we have here on the campus of High Point University. He's just that good of a player. But I think seeing that future core, especially on Saturday, I went against Detroit Mercy. The good thing about blowouts and lacrosse, you're able to get your bench in a lot more minutes and get some more playing time. So a lot of the freshmen were playing. Isaiah Moran Weeks scored a goal. Uh, he's a freshman from Canada. So we're seeing a lot of players in that young core that are starting to get more opportunities. And I think that's going to be important for this season. Obviously, if you're High Point, you want to compete for the national championship. But you also got to understand that guys like Asher Nolting are not going to be on your side forever. So you need to start preparing for that next era of high point lacrosse. And I feel like the men's program, they're doing well with that. And the women's need to honestly keep doing the same thing too because Abby Horms, she's in her last year as well, and she's been the leader of the high point women's lacrosse team for a while. But they do have some solid young players. Uh, Spree Shaw is definitely a freshman that stood out to me on that side. But uh, I'm excited. I, I'm optimistic about the future of high point lacrosse for both the men's and the women's. I think right now, though, national championship, we need it, baby. We need yeah. it. I mean, hey, a national championship would be definitely be nice. I think, you know, it, out of all the programs here, the team that is closest is lacrosse. Yes. And, and each men's and women's, I mean, they become the face of the athletic department and the programs here just because, you know, they've grown so rapidly. I mean, men, the men's lax team is not even – this is like their 10th year playing just lacrosse in general, and, you know, they've been ranked so many times, you know, being able to win those – they won their conference tournament in just their third season. Obviously, they grabbed their second one last year. But it just goes to show that, you know, they can really just – they're just the face of the – face of the program and face of the athletic department here everyone loves them and every time a goal is scored they have their own theme music that's played after that i'd like to know for you guys if you guys were lacrosse players what would be your song that would be played every time you scored a goal uh, i don't know but first i gotta say i love the jack sawyer celebration yeah yeah, the the yeah. right mm -hmm. there with what a motorcycle i think it is i don't know i mean you're gonna have to give me some time to think about that but if i could think of something off the top of my head good gosh uh i mean Ben, you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing off the top of my head. Again, if you gave me, if you gave me time, I could spend hours, you know, trying to find, you know, the perfect song and the perfect playlist for my, you know, kind of go-to lacrosse song. That would I could spend hours on that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, it, it takes 
time and dedication. Yeah. Based on the songs that some of the players have, I can tell they actually took a lot of time to think about it. So because it represents who yeah. we are as an athlete. So. Yeah. And now switching to another program that's gotten a little more national recognition and some campus recognition, yep. track and field. Track and field. Um, you know, Sydney Horn, obviously with the pole vault, is nationally recognized for that. And then on the men's side, you got Deron Dudley and Chris Van Niekirk. You know, Van Niekirk and Sydney Horn taking home Big South Athletes of the Week. Wendell, I know you called that track meet at Burt Stadium just a couple of weeks ago. Well, um, what have you seen with them? I've just seen just a lot of unity within the track and field program. Sydney Horn, unfortunately, was not able to compete at that last meet. She took the weekend off. But we got to see a lot of the younger athletes there for the high point track and field team. And I think what I always get whenever I do a track and field meet here is just seeing all these schools from all around the country coming here to high point um, and being together. There's a lot of events that go back and forth very quick, uh, but very fun time. I've really enjoyed watching track and field. I think there's a lot of great distance runners on the track and field teams. They had some great success in the 400 meter event specifically so I'm definitely really intrigued to see what they're going to bring at their next meet they already have another meet here at High Point University this weekend uh, the vert class meeting that's a pretty much been a staple of the High Point track and field program for quite some time and then they have the meet of champions in a couple weeks where they're going to host all the big south schools and apparently they're going to have a live DJ they're going to have like a bouncy house there so it's, it's going to be a pretty festive atmosphere hopefully there. we can bring the energy there like yeah the exactly this past season yeah, I kind of like how, you know, High Point, you know, across in general, obviously the new purple track helps, I guess. But, I mean, I, it kind of feels like it's getting more, like, national recognition, like you said, across, you know, the track and field. Landscape. I mean, well, you were telling me the other day, you know, there was only a couple, like, track and field broadcasts, you know, across the whole entire nation. Yep. And High Point was one of them. So, I think, and obviously you saw just the amount of schools around here. And, you know, obviously, I know we're going to talk about it in a bit, but the Vert class coming up, I mean, you were going to see even more there and bigger name schools. So, I think it's good to see that we're getting kind of, you know, the track and field is getting this kind of recognition nationally. It's getting a lot of exposure yeah. in, like, Sportsling. We're producing six-hour yeah. track and field broadcasts. That's crazy. Like that, that's a long that's, stream, but that's great exposure for yeah. these track and field athletes to put their highlights on their reel. I mean, Yeah, and it's, honestly, it's like a country metropolis of schools coming to Vert Stadium, you know, not even the NCAA. You had some NAI schools there, schools from all over the nation, D2s, D3s, as I mentioned, NAIs. I mean, that's crazy, and, you know, I think part of that is also because of the facility that we yeah. have at Highport University. Great that the track is purple, obviously, <laughs> but, you know, just the facility itself, you know, I don't think there's anywhere else in the country that has a, you know, track and field kind of specific facility like Vert Stadium is. It's very fantastic, and I just, I, I'm just really glad our track and field teams are getting that recognition because I feel like they kind of were left in the dust, especially last spring, just because mm -hmm. we had all the sports tied in. You had soccer and volleyball getting in the spring. But I want to know for you guys, because you guys are both seniors, from your time as freshmen, if you could pick one one high point athletic team that you really feel like you've just seen grow, like the program itself grow from your freshman to senior year, which team would you choose? Let's start with you, Harris. Um, I mean, I think uh, an obvious answer for me personally, just because you know from working all these games has to be the women's basketball team you know this was a team in 2019 when I first got here that you know was under a different regime and believe it or not Skylar Curran was coming off the bench and Jensen Edwards didn't play because she was redshirted it was very different it was a little you know now thinking back it's a little bizarre to know what those players were doing at that time but I gotta tell you Chelsea Banbury is an unbelievable coach and you know obviously the arena helps the program grow but let me tell you something when you lose your best player in the 
projected Big South Player of the Year, you got to find a way to push some buttons. And Chelsea Banbury did that. You know, they had that eight-game winning streak this season, finishing Big South play strong, and in my opinion, got screwed in the Big South tournament against Gardner-Webb in the quarterfinal. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> I think the program's doing great. Obviously, just imagine what Jaden Reitzel could have been if Skylar Curran was in the fold this season. Obviously, Reitzel led the team in scoring, but again, Jensen Edwards did so much this season. You look at not only the scoring, but the rebounding, the passing, and this the way that Chelsea Banbury was able to push buttons to make Jordan Edwards better, to make Claire Wyatt better, to put the freshman Nakia Terrell and Jaden Reitzel in a different spot in a bench role and make them better. She's just so good at what she does. So, you know, I personally think here at HPU, we're lucky to have her as our head yeah. coach because she is just so good at her job. I think just before I get to my team, I think just copying off that, you know, there's definitely a sense of culture being built around the women's basketball team. I mean, when Skylar Curry went down, it would have been very easy for this team to, you know, kind of flounder the rest of the year. And I know they kind of struggled and they kind of had to learn how to play without Skylar a little bit. But you saw, to make the run they did and go into the tournament so strong, obviously, rough ending in the tournament. But, I mean, just to do that, that's a sign of a program that's building. So, I mean, Jane Wrightsell coming in and, you know, kind of fitting in, just like fitting so neatly into place. It's a testament to Chelsea Banbury and her work here. Um, to answer your question, though, in terms of the team that I think has grown a lot, I already mentioned them earlier. The men's lax team from when I got here, obviously they've been the face of the franchise, uh, face of the campus, like I said, but they weren't exactly how they were, you know, now a couple years ago when I got here as a freshman. I mean, they were kind of, you know, a 500 team in terms of their overall success. And then obviously you get the astronaut thing coming in is obviously a huge piece of it. But to grow into, you know, the powerhouse, obviously they dominated last year in the SOCON and ran through it to another conference title. And now they're going to be favored again here. I think you're kind of sensing, you know, John Torpy is doing a fantastic job over there and really kind of building, uh, like I said, with the women's lock team, has this culture built where, you know, people are still coming back. And then, you know, you're there getting these national recognition, you know, coming in preseason rankings. Like, that's a big deal that not a lot of other programs have where they can come in and say, hey, we're nationally ranked coming into the year. So I think that's a, a testament to why the men's lax team has grown so much. Yeah, and a lot of this has to do with the coaching, as you mentioned. Yeah. You know, Joey Hammond is another thing, like with, with baseball, you know, you could say their program's grown. And again, Joey Hammond has players that aren't his, so the way he's being able to do things now is great. That program's going to grow in the future. But right now, you know, Ben, I know you got to talk to Coach Torpy just the other day. Just what would you like about that interaction? Because every time I get to talk yeah. to Joey Hammond or a coach, you know, these coaches on this campus are so well-spoken. Just, I know, Wendell, you've talked yeah. to him as well. Just what do you like about talking to Coach Torpy? Well, I, like you said, he's so well-spoken. But the one thing he hammered in, like, he emphasized just as much on the field as off the field. I mean, he – is in like his favorite when I asked him what he's most proud of about this program and what he's built he says just the guys just the guys you know the, the past the present and the future he loves how the guys have come back and interact with the current players I think it, that he is just such a knack for you know not just like this program but the sport of lacrosse as well I mean he's he did a great job of articulating, you know, why he thinks lacrosse is such a growing sport. He loves the speed. He thinks that that's appealing to kids so much. And I think that just he is a guy that if I were a lacrosse player and especially a top rank recruit, he's a guy I want to play for. I, he sounds like a guy that when I talk to him, he would go to bat for me any day of the week. And I think that's what most impressed me about John Torpy. Yeah, the guy himself, I mean, he's, he's just real. Like, yeah. he, he'll tell you straight up how it is and – he doesn't sugarcoat anything. Uh, he's so good about remembering literally everything that's happened in his program since the time he was here. He started this program. I think that's what makes it even more special, the fact that he founded High Point Men's Lacrosse, and he's been there since the beginning. Um, and he really obviously knows Asher Nolting as the core of his team, but he knows and recognizes a lot of the freshmen. I was asking him, like, 
who like who are those young players that really stood out to you in training camp in preseason? He named pretty much every single freshman on the roster. He's proud of every single. And there's player. a lot of them. Too. There's a lot there's of, a lot of, them, of them, too. them too. If you look at a lacrosse yeah. roster, like. You're scrolling. Like, you're yeah, scrolling you're scrolling for, for at least like a good 10 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a lot. It takes a long time to do lacrosse those, but it's worth it at the end of the day. But like John Torpy himself, he's he's just a real guy. Like mm-hmm. he, he's someone that loves his teammates, yeah. loves his uh, players, and, and and the rest of his coaching staff too. He, he's got a great assistant coaches, and you mentioned Ben. He's you said he you would play for him if you were a player. I'd play for him too. Like, yeah, that, that's <laughs> someone like bring it on. Let, let, let Coach Torpy coach me lacrosse, even though I've never even yeah. you know, held a lacrosse. Sign me up, Coach. My life. Yeah. I've never played. Have you guys ever played lacrosse or no? Never, never. I remember my parents bought me a lacrosse stick because I was like when I was trying out like you know all the sports they bought me a lacrosse stick and I remember like playing around with it in the front yard. But you know I never really got uh, well coordinated with it and. Uh, was never really my thing, I guess you could say. You know, I play hockey, so I play goalie <laughs> when I play hockey, and I figured that would translate to lacrosse, but that ball hurts. It That's does. a little painful. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm a fan of that, you know. But, again, you know, coaching is always a big thing at High Point University. Another team that loves their coach is golf. Head coach Brady Greger uh, leading their team, obviously, playing a tournament in South Carolina right now. And one of the big names, Adam Hooker, individually is tied for fourth, while the team overall is seventh out of ninth right now. The individuals are coming in, and again, this is a golf team that needs to replace Brandon Einstein, who, if you guys know, was playing late in the year last year, playing in some national tournaments, unfortunately falling out of the rankings. He has moved on. Adam Hooker shooting a two under 70, had six birdies on the day, so that's around that. You know, really could have been better if he would have executed. Christian Castillo shot a uh, two over 75, which he had four birdies as well. So, again, there's some building to do here for the men's golf team as well. Um, I know a team that doesn't get – a lot of national recognition because you know we're not broadcasting yeah. golf every weekend. There's no golf course on this campus. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we need Nito, a golf course I'm and sure a bowling alley. <laughs> Give me a bowling alley. I'm sure Nito has some plans in the vault. You know, one day you if he, so? as he expands, you might you know you might okay. throw in a golf course here and there. I was you know? I was thinking we need a go kart track on this. At least, get, at least get a simulator. In <laughs> the, in the, in yeah. the comments that they're yeah building, yeah. You, know? you got Panther comments. I'm expecting big things. Still don't know what the retail stores are going to yeah. be, but you know. Yeah, but this golf team needs someone to replace Brandon Einstein and Adam Hooker, a native of Florida. You know, six birdies is pretty impressive, even though they only finished at minus two. So, you know, I don't know how you guys, your knowledge on the golf team, but, you know, this is a tight-knit group. Brady Greger's a great coach. You know, he's very popular with his famous saying, you know, the ski, you know, kind of thing that he does to the (laughs) players. But, you know, golf's such a great sport, in my opinion, because it's very individualized and it's very relaxed, you know. I think when you're out on the course, you're just kind of, you know, in your own zone and you're just kind of doing your thing, and it's nature, you know, love being out in the elements. So, uh, yeah, you know, the golf team has got to try and get to that next level to shoot for some more recognition. I think that's the best thing, though, about this golf team is that they're it's an individual performance. Like, yes, it's still a team, but a lot of it is relied based on your individual performance. So I would love to see them get more recognition. I feel like they deserve it. Uh, I would love for us to be able to stream some golf when yeah. we have Sports Link. You know, if, 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 they ever, yeah, if they ever it's, do a golf course I think it's just tough. Just the fact, obviously, it's, it's off campus. Yeah. It's set, setting that up. I mean, yeah. man, it's like it's constantly moving, you know, that broadcast, you know. So right. it's, it's tough. It definitely deserves more recognition, I think, because you, you see the popularity of golf, you know, on the professional mm-hmm. level. I mean, Tiger, obviously – Bigger big names were like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, all of this. So it'd be great, you know, if we could get that exposure to these golfers on HBU because I'm sure there are a bunch of golfers here who, you know, are very talented at, you know, and the Big South level and, you know, the college across level. And it's very different because, again, it's not on campus, so nobody goes to golf yeah. events, especially because a lot of them aren't local, like the teams in South Carolina right mm-hmm. now. Um, and, again, you know, golf is very popular now. Again, that's part 
due to COVID, you know, in 2020, everyone started getting into golf, which means once you start playing, you start watching a little more. And college golf is a big thing. You look at some schools, you know, Stanford, Arkansas is a pretty good golf school as well. So, you know, High Point would love to get it. By the way, the golf bags they have are incredible. You know, when I walk in Joey Hammond's office every day, that's the first thing that I see is this golf bag, the High Point University golf bag. It's incredible. Mm. So uh, Better than know. the scooters for the women's basketball oh, team? You see, I feel like you see one. Whenever you see one, you let me know. Yeah, Whenever you see I, one, I, mean, I, I see non-players on them. I see managers on them. I yep. see interns on them. Heck, I probably get to see Gigi Smith <laughs> scooting to campus one of these days. I mean, I need a scooter. But... Uh, you know, yeah, a lot of little gadgets and gizmos on this high yeah. campus for these athletes to enjoy. Yeah, so athletics really heating up. Got some fun events coming up this week. Of course, our baseball team will be playing at uh, Truist Point, home of the High Point Rockers tomorrow, so that should be a lot of fun. It's going to be Women's lacrosse, Wednesday home game, track and field meet this weekend. So everything's going to be a lot of fun here. Campus High Point University always buzzing in the world of HP athletics. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode of HPU Sports Talk. Ben Harris, just want to say thank you guys for joining on today. You guys did a really great job. So for Ben Membrino and Harris Eisenberg, I'm Wendell Epps saying so long. We'll catch you next time here on HPU Sports Talk. <laughs>